0: All right. We are live. How's it going, Tim? Hello, hello, hello. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, how you feeling over there? Good. And you? Well, you know, I got COVID. <laughs> like, I don't know, 5 days ago. Yeah. 4 or 5 days ago. But I'm feeling pretty great. That's good. That's good. Yeah. One day didn't feel so good and then uh got that Paxlovid and uh We recommend it to everybody. That stuff is awesome. Cool. Yeah, I guess some for some reason it doesn't let. uh, I'm no doctor, so don't listen to me. But it, uh, I think it doesn't allow to replicate or something like that. But whatever it does, does what it needs to do, and I I feel okay. Whole family got it, so it was just worse having to, you know, be a little bit sick and take care of the kids. So yeah, yeah. I uh, don't know. They don't even know how to like hawk loogies. That's the problem. I imagine. They're like, they're like coughing, like spit that out. They're like, like no, <laughs> that's not, that's not how you spit that out. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm feeling good. That's We're good. here. Uh, I think Aaron is going to join us in a bit. Chana is, I think he's still on his way back because, uh, you know, he had some, some family stuff to do also, mm-hmm. you know. I think uh, I don't know. He posted on his Instagram that his wife was doing like a bodybuilding competition, so that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Here's Aaron. He's gonna be in in a second. Cool. Um, what's up to everybody in the chat? Let's see who's here. Who's here? We got Kamish. Kamish. uh, I won't tell your. You know, I won't put you on blast and tell you your secret, but you you put it out there. Reverend Slim, what's going on? Uh, medieval 1980. Feli, All right. True Voice of Reason. What's up everybody? Van Ghoul. Van Ghoul. A A. What's up? Uh yeah, I'll let Aaron pop in when he's ready. He looks like he's still setting up here. Uh who else? And then Tim Perry. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh health things, I think who is it? Reverend Slim was saying that he had uh he has a kidney stone. Ooh, I don't wish a, I don't wish that upon anybody. Me neither That's rough. Have you had one, Aaron?
1: No, I couldn't imagine.
0: Oh, oh. <clears throat> you have no idea then. It's a bond, you know what I mean? Like when, when when women give birth and like they're you know, there's like a bond between them and others who've like been through that. Mm-hmm. Kidney stones. Like, yeah, okay. Been there, been that's, there. that's where it's at, huh? Yep. Yeah, yeah. you should do it. You just try it. Well, no, never. You <laughs> never dehydrate yourself and drink lots happens. of sodas yeah. and what else? Coffee, soda. I don't know. Sodium, maybe? I don't know. Sodium. <laughs> so, Aaron, did you get your uh, new camera yet? No.
1: No. No. Okay. Let's show up on Thursday. All right. All right. That's where all the cool kids come out to
0: play uh (laughs) kidney stones bond is real yeah there you go exactly hey i recognize that guy Uh, i had what is he saying over here i had a death grip on the doctor's counter and they're like yeah you need a ct scan yeah um nobody wants that uh, death grips
1: and ct scans
0: here, Josh seems to know everything about it. He's like, calcium oxalate is usually what they are these days. Spinach is the highest. So perfect. So now I have an excuse for not eating spinach. Popeye. Um stick to lettuce if you're getting tingling. Okay. So what's up, man? What's new with you, Aaron? Uh not much, man. Just uh, uh trying to get
1: caught up here to some of these chats and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
0: Same old, same old. What about you? I oh, was just saying how I'm feeling pretty good despite catching the vid. Feeling finally, good. man. Like that's the first time I. I wanted to be like the last person on Earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to be real safe, but uh, the problem is, uh, I think I think the the places that we take the kids. You know what I mean? We'd want them to have right. fun, and those places are just. Mm, other kids are not, like, the cleanest, let's just say. Right.
1: Unfortunately. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm surprised that that's the first time that anybody in your family has caught it, given how often you frequent it. I mean, it's not
0: like you go every day, but. Yeah, we go out quite a lot, you know, but I always wear a mask, and like, I was t- actually talking to Charles Sprinkle, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'm surprised, uh, you know, you, I'm surprised you got it. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, the kids, uh, say no more. Kids. Yeah they yeah. touch everything they put it on their faces yeah yeah and you know what it is uh sometimes you see you see these kids and they really like they're like i remember seeing this kid and he had like straight up snot coming out of his nose right yeah like Ugh. uh and then he's like he goes to he goes to the mom right he goes to the mom and uh she's like she does something and looks straight at him and then lets him go back like are you not going to wipe his face like there's a thing right there I don't get it yeah. I don't know what's going on yeah so uh, keeping up with the Joneses like, he said Joe being safe also Joe let's go to Disney every weekend That's about right <laughs> you know a funny little story also is like um that morning when I tested right I'm like ah oh, finally this thing finally got me I messaged Angela and that was the day we were actually supposed to go to Disneyland right? And so my one kid, you know, she was crying because uh, she was worried about me. Right. And the other kid was just crying because we couldn't go to Disneyland. So (laughs) give you an idea. Different personalities.
1: Right. For sure. Different things are
0: important to different ones, you know? Yep. 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 Oh, man. So we can answer some questions today, too. Let's see here. Dr. Roboto says, Denon... 3800H is the perfect device for no BS measured side by side comparison of Odyssey versus Dirac live on the same uh, hardware. Any takers? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a question in there somewhere. Any takers? What does that mean?
1: Side by side comparison of Odyssey versus Dirac live on the same hardware. Okay. As he's just saying that. Does anybody, it
0: have both Odyssey done and it? Yeah. Right. Oh, has anybody done that comparison of Odyssey versus Dirac? Yeah. Sounds I, I like, like it. it. Yeah. At least on that unit. Yeah, well, I've done it before on two different products. I think I have a pretty good idea of the sound differences. You know? Yeah. Um, same hardware. Yeah. I mean, they just do different things. So their target curve is different. The target curve on Odyssey has less bass for the most part. Uh, The new version of Dirac allows you to adjust the bass and treble. So, yeah, the target curve by default will probably have more bass on uh, on the Dirac one. Also, Dirac does their, you know, their bass correction. And I feel like that kind of makes stuff sound more cohesive, like the blend with the sub, you know, it does a good job of those sorts of things. So it's noticeable, noticeably more like, I don't know how to explain, how do you explain when the phase is correct? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Like when you get the phase right, let's like... Right. Yeah, it sounds good. It's hard to explain what sounds good uh, sounds like.
1: I don't it's know. easy to explain what, or it's easier to explain what sounds bad sounds like, because you have... You can say, like, you know, it sounded bloated or boomy or whatever, but if it sounds good, you're just like, yeah, it sounds good.
0: Uh, Well, you know, how about this? You know when something's out of phase, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds, like, phasey and, like, like stuff is not snapped into place. Sounds like the fuse almost, right? Right. When everything is phase-aligned throughout the frequency range, then it n- you never hear that. That's it. Right. So it's more like the lack of a bad sound. Than anything. So yeah, um, I think default uh, Dirac sounds better. You know, Odyssey has that mid-range compensation. I don't know why they do that. And uh, I really am starting to believe that the lack of bass for Odyssey has more to do with that that they expect you to use their dynamic... What is it? Dynamic EQ? Mm -hmm. So that adds a lot of bass back into it. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't know if I want my bass to to like, you know, to change automatically. Which is something that I mentioned in the car. Remember I tuned my car and I called Aaron and I'm like, "So, what do you do when you have it tuned perfectly, when it's parked and then you drive off? And of course, now you have road noise and all kinds of other noise, engine noise, things like that that are competing in the bass area." Right, more so than the higher frequencies in my particular vehicle. So what that ends up sounding like in my in my vehicle is that the bass sounds weak. And I was like, So what do you do about this, Aaron? He's like, uh turn on the loudness compensation, I guess. You can try that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Cheat. Yeah, I just feel like, uh feel I feel like that's dirty. You know what it's I mean? I spent all this yeah. time EQing it and then I'm just gonna hit this. Button, then I'm like, I don't even know if it does it right. Yeah. Well, like, you know, as long as it works for you. Yeah. As long as it sounds good to you. As long. You. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think it's kind of the same same principle. I guess use it if you if that's all you got. But you know, with uh with a home, I wouldn't recommend it because you can, you know, it's not like it's gonna suddenly get all out all of a sudden. And if it does, I would recommend that. You can use that uh, dynamic volume instead. Yeah, you know where it just kind of, kind of uses some compression to make all the sounds more similar in volume without changing the actual tonality. Um, anyway, what other questions we got here? We got, oh, Tim starts is starring soon. some. Yeah, he starts some. That's awesome. Yeah. Here we go, Felly. There you go. This is for you, Aaron. Oh, I finished it and. I thought you said we were
1: going to read them. You said, oh, (laughs) sorry. Aaron, whatever happened to your Kef R3 and ScanSpeak 10 inch mid bass project? So that's a uh, DIY speaker that I made like maybe almost 10 years ago. Maybe it was 2013, 2014, something like that. I think that's right. And um, it used the Kef R3 concentric driver and ScanSpeak 10 inch mid bass driver. And let's see here. So I built it. I ran it all active, designed the crossovers and all that stuff. And I honestly don't remember why. Oh, because I went to the Baffle Wall and I found um, the JBL Pro stuff that was for sale. It was from an old theater in town. So this this church had bought out the old theater and their sound guy had taken all the speakers out of all the theater rooms and then put them into storage and he would sell them off. So when I had that opportunity, it changed everything in my home theater. So I went a completely different route. I wound up taking the drivers out of the speaker. And I sold them off, and then I just threw away the wood. Mm. So that was it. I don't think it lasted probably longer than six months. How did it sound? I thought it sounded good, but I'm biased. So, oh, okay, yeah. But I got to learn um, some CAD software in the process, and some can't remember the there's like it's like a sound CAD type process or software that you can load in the frequency response measurements, and then you load in the uh enclosure dimensions and all this stuff and it will build the sound profiles for you and then you can build the crossovers inside the software and then actually go and build it externally. But like I said, I wound up running it active instead of passive because I just didn't want to spend the money on passive. And active DSP
0: uh was a lot cheaper than what I was going to try to have to build passively. Did your JBLs they have like that type of like paper cone that looks like it has like little ridges. Little ridges, yeah. And then and then like the the surround is like little like little little baby yeah. surround. A little accordion. A little yeah, way. is that how it looked? Because yeah. every time I see those, I'm like, oh, those those look weak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just something in my mind. But I look at them like, nah, they don't have any excursion. They don't. That's the
1: thing. They're not designed to have excursion because the sensitivity on the on the 15s was like 97 dB. Uh. and I think I had them crossed over i had the enclosures tuned to somewhere around 60 hertz i believe Mm -hmm. so they were they're basically like mid-bass and then the subwoofers took over from there Hmm. but dude that system was stupid loud the horns were 117 db sensitivity i mean it was ridiculous it was fourth it was actually in a theater you know a real Mm -hmm. theater yeah of course they were super sensitive they got ridiculously loud
0: You know, it's interesting also is I was, I don't know how true it is, but I read somewhere that a lot of these theaters don't even really, they're not even like really flat down to 20 hertz. And I found that kind of hard to believe. Yeah. But like, if you think about it, they're pretty big, right? And you'd need to, you'd need a lot of uh, air movement to hit 20 hertz at a, you know, flat at least. So I don't Mm -hmm. know. I don't know how much truth there is to that. What do you think? You think you're hearing uh, clean down to twenty hertz in those theaters? I don't know, man. I, like I just went and saw The Guardians of the Galaxy three
1: yesterday, and they had a trailer for Oppenheimer, and which has a ton of LFE, like mm-hmm. just ridiculous. And every time it would go that that really low bass that rattles stuff, mm-hmm. it would rattle the stuff on the screen. Like you would hear things rattling in the theater. Mm. So I'm like, that's that's the kind of distortion that you. You can hear, right? You won't hear necessarily like the low bass distortion, but you're going to hear that kind of external mechanical vibration distortion. And that it's super annoying. Strange, I hate that huh? stuff. That's super annoying. Huh. But it's a nice theater. Otherwise, that's the only thing, you know, whenever that LFE kicks in, it makes me want to go to other theaters, but it's a good yeah. one. So,
0: all right. All right. We got another one here. It says Aaron got some triads. LCRs. Yes, I did. Is it Bahami? Yeah.
1: That's one of them. Yeah. Is this they company have, Triad? Triad, they do like a lot of custom installation type stuff. Mm. And I don't even know if, if you can buy them direct. I think you have to go through a dealer. I'm not sure. I think you have to go through a dealer. But the thing is that there's a lot of there's a long thread on AVS forum about them. And there's been a lot of talk the past number of years about people trying to get measurements for them and For one reason or another, they're unable to, and most of the time, the the feedback on the thread is that they will email the company, the manufacturer, and say, you know, we want this data, and the manufacturer, for whatever reason, won't provide it to them. So these, this exact one was tested in a speaker shootout that occurred in Colorado Springs a couple weekends ago, and they asked the guys who put it on asked if I would be willing to measure it. I was like, sure, no problem. So I just measured it this weekend, and the results are... Like they're not bad, mm. but the speaker pairs sixty six hundred bucks. It's two eight inch woofers, a five, and a, I think they say five and a half uh, mid range, and then uh, I guess a one inch dome tweeter on a flat baffle. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing spectacular about the design. It's just you know it's painted flat black. Um, the response linearity is not bad, but there's a couple dips in it that I'm just like mm. the directivity is okay, the output's good. It's designed to be used with a crossover. So it uses two 8-inch wolfers, and the first thing you think is, oh, it's going to get low. Mm. But they spec it down to 50 hertz on their, on their website, and you think, okay, well, then it's going to get loud. Well, they spec sensitivity of 92 dB, which is good, but my measurements show 89 dB. And that's 3 dB off. It's not like I'm 1 dB off or 2 dB off. You know, mm-hmm. a 3 dB off is a pretty good bit. There is one point where it does hit 92 dB, you know, I'm like, maybe that's how they're doing it. But honestly, my my just overall assessment of it is it's not a bad speaker. If you have EQ, um, it can certainly be made to be a really good speaker. But at $6,600 for the pair, the first thing I thought of when I was looking at the data was the Arendal 1961 tower. The Arendal mm. is, is better linearity. It's just as good output because it features, I think, two six and a half or three six and a half inch mid-base mid-wolf. It's like a two and a half way design. Uh, the only thing that the Arendal doesn't do as well, in my personal subjective opinion, is it's a narrower sound profile. So it's about plus or minus 80 degrees, like in the in the frontal hemisphere, whereas these are a little bit wider, so they're about, uh, I'd say, 50, 60, plus or minus 120 or so. So it's about 60 degrees to one side, six degrees to the other side. And, that, um, and that's not necessarily like,
0: a, like
1: always a pro, right? Yeah, Depending it's, on it's your not. Room. Right, yeah, that's to me that's just a a preference. I prefer a little bit wider radiating speaker. So I would rank it higher in that regard over the Rendal. But mm-hmm. the Rendals are I think they're 1699 for the pair as opposed to 16 or 6600 for the pair of these and I'm just like and I haven't even looked to see what other speakers I I could legitimately compare these triads against. Mm-hmm. The Rendal was the first thing that popped in my head. So there are probably other ones out there that I'm I would maybe say, yeah, I think these other ones are a, a better value, right? It's not like the performance is terrible, but if you're talking about in terms of cost, I think you can yeah. do better.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe I'm a hater because when I see expensive speakers that don't perform well, I'm, I'm almost like, yes, I knew yeah. it. I knew it. Right. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, I don't know. There's just certain brands that I see people talking about that I'm just like, you know, I, I judge based on, like, how it looks, right? I look at the design. I'm like, yeah, it's expensive. What is that? Yeah. Right? And just like I said with your JBL, I'm like, yeah, that con- that cone doesn't look like it has very much excursion. You're like, yeah, it doesn't. Right. Yeah. All right. So I think you just kind of get used to, uh, I don't know, you have an idea just by looking at the speaker a lot of times. When you have more experience, you're like, all right, all right, look at that. That looks like a heavy cone. You know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, um. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't sound like it's horrible, but it doesn't sound like blew your mind either.
1: Yeah. I was hoping for better just based off the, uh, the lore of the brand, you know, like so many people are talking about them, but the manufacturer won't provide any measurement data or anything like that. And even the dealers, (laughs) there were a couple of dealers that were saying they can't even get that data from the manufacturer. And I was like, Uh. well, that's weird. So as far as I know, this is the first triad that's actually got published or will have published anechoic data. There was a test from Sound and Vision some years back, where they tested out the Platinum version. So this is the Triad Gold LCR. Okay. They're not going to get uh, weird,
0: right? Like, oh, we didn't want that information put out. There. I mean,
1: somebody somebody bought the speaker and sent it to me. So not they're not going to pull a Bose, right? Uh, I mean, I would hope not. It's just data. Matter of fact, I mean, a lot of people can use it for their own good. Uh, a couple of people already are, actually. Yeah, I've had I've had a couple people message me about it and ask them what would you do based on this because for right now it's just posted on my Patreon. It's not posted publicly anywhere yet. Okay, which is a perk. Hey, shout out to myself if you want to see data and sneak peeks of what I'm doing in the background ahead of time. Join my Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Aaron's Audio Corner.
0: Yeah, and if you would have thought of you know joining mine, just join Aaron's instead because I don't do anything on mine. So. do you not? <laughs> no, I just I'm too busy doing. Trying to do just the normal YouTube one. You know? yeah. yeah, I hear you, man. Um, But yeah, so, you know, that kind of is a good transition into uh, the measurement of the Cali Audio INUNF, Ultra Near Field. And you're saying, hey, they're just measurements, right? Right. And I think this is one case where mm, you, you kind of have to be careful about you know how you read into it, right? right. Like you have to know enough. To yeah, say for like, sure. Oh, okay,
1: you can't I take see what's things going out on. of context,
0: for sure. Yeah, it, it, but still, they're still very useful, though. You know what I mean? For sure. I thought it was hilarious <laughs> when you told me that, like, yeah, um, the guys at Cali Audio they saw you, like, what's the, what's the thing on what, what are, you, what yeah, are the speakers said, on the stick? I saw <laughs> the measurement on a stick. You know that's not how it's supposed to be used, right? I was like, <laughs> yes, I'm aware.
1: I think that's hilarious though. Yeah. They were
0: probably like, Oh my God, this guy, dude, he's, he, data, he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> 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 They're going to oh, ruin man. us. Yeah. yeah, That's hilarious. Um, so yeah, we're going to do our collab soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my part is done. I did my listening, you know, so
1: yeah. look out I've for done that listening. I mean, yeah. if we really needed to, we could theoretically do it right now. I just, you know,
0: I don't really want to if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Whenever 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 you're ready. Yeah. Um speaking of which, last time I mentioned Anthony Grimani being on hopefully th- uh today, but it's actually going to be next Monday from what he's saying. Ah, you know. So, yeah, I'm not Anthony. Wondering, I didn't I didn't forget. We didn't forget. Yeah, I'm not Anthony. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Anthony Grimani, who? Hey, what's up? How's the hey. chocolates? You like the chocolates?
1: <laughs> Isn't that what they talk about? Yeah, that's what him and Gene talk about a lot.
0: <laughs> or I've heard them talk about a lot. Yeah, talking about chocolates, right?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, um, super all chat. Right. All right, so let's see here. What is this? Dr. Roboto says, yeah, on the same hardware. Oh, this is referring to the Odyssey thing, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, what else we got here? I think, oh, there was a super chat. Yep. Uh, The Real... Thank you for Don't the super really chat. Know. He says, when when EQ your subs on Mini DSP 2x4, does, does Odyssey need to be on or off? I feel it would cancel out using both Odyssey and EQ from DSP. Mm. All right. Uh, does it need to be... Well, here, let me just say, I would recommend that if you're going to use a Mini DSP 2x4 what you want to do is just choose one. Like, what do you want to use to do the EQ? Because they both can do EQ. So uh, the reason why you might want to use the mini DSP is because you have four outputs. So if you have more than one or two subs, then you need to use the mini DSP. In which case, don't do any EQ on Odyssey. Right? Um, if you only have one or two subs... Yeah, depending on your AVR, then you could possibly you could possibly use this. But um, yeah, some only have one sub out. Some have two sub outs. For the most part, if you have a mini DSP, just use that, right? You'll, you'll be better off in the long run uh, if you decide to add more subs. So I think that answers the question. Um,
2: Which would you use first, though, if you're going to use both?
0: If you're going to use both, what you want to do is here's here's a case when you'd want to use both is if you use mini dsp and you use something like multi-sub optimizer right which is you're taking let's say up to four subs and you're making them all work together meaning they all have different levels different delay different eqs per sub depending on where they're placed and you know how it interacts with your uh, every one of your listening positions so, uh, Multi-Sub Optimizer combines all your subs to work as one, right? What I usually recommend is EQ that to flat. So, in Multi-Sub Optimizer, you get an, there's an option to put in a target curve. Don't put in any target curve, right? Make it flat. That way, you can go into Odyssey and then set the target curve there. That way, if you decide to change up your desired target curve for whatever reason... Well, at least you're starting with a flat curve that you can mold to whatever you want, right? If you had built it into that curve, then you'd have much more of an issue trying to undo that later on. You'd probably have to redo the whole thing. So that would be the case where you'd... Yeah, you'd use both. So Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully that helps. What else we have here? James Wynn with four subwoofers set up with two in front and two in back, what are your thoughts of putting the back pair in reverse? <clears throat> two in the front, two in the back in reverse. Like reverse polarity? Yeah, I I don't know why you would want to do that because I, I think I know where you're going, where you're trying to maybe like make the wave pass all the way through, <laughs> something like that, like where it's like I don't. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a good idea, though. I don't know. What, what do you think would happen if you just put them, you know? You opposite? create a big null right in the middle, right? Where they both combine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that,
1: I don't see the benefit there of turning them out of. I mean. Yeah, but that's easy enough to try. If he's just saying, like, flip the polarity. On the subs because they're physically behind him because he's wondering if it will work better. Try it. That's easy enough to try.
0: Yeah, I think what what ends up uh, mattering the most is that they're working together in some way, right? Like, mm-hmm. We don't know if flipping the polarity would actually make it better or worse. I, it could be. It could be that they work better that way. But he,
2: um, he does say yes. Exactly. Let the wave pass on through.
0: Yeah, so you're trying to do like kind of what the turnoff is doing with the uh, with the wave front. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I don't know that you, it's as simple as as what you're saying. I, you know, it's Aaron like um like an isobaric. How you have the two woofers right, and then like they're kind of moving together. Yeah, but you imagine you're inside. I don't think it works exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't seem
1: uh, it's not clicking with me in my brain right now, at least.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't have the answer to that one, but I know what you're trying to do with the with the wave front. I've seen uh, some of the guys at Trinov mentioning that. Um, he does continue
2: on saying, right now, I have the front on 180 and the rear subs on
0: zero phase. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah, you just don't want it to cancel, though, right? All you want to do is you want to make sure... Here's the most important thing, is that when you're at your main listening position, regardless of where you have that phase, you want it at the place where you get the most sound, right? I think that's that's the goal. Or the most um, even. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I did speak with somebody at Wisdom Audio, so... Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Not Not that I'm going to get any speakers to review from them. I mean, that would be cool, though. What Uh, did you talk to them about? They were asking about the calibration toolkit. Oh, okay. Yeah, because surprise to me, you know, they do a bunch of calibration for people. Yeah. And, you know, they were just saying how they need some tools, you know, to do stuff there the way that they like to do it. So I'm like, you know, we had a good conversation And it was interesting, you know, some more uh, former Harmon guys. Yeah, that's pretty Uh, cool, man. Man, like who's not from (laughs) Harmon? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? There's a lot of them. Yeah. That's like the school to go to, you know what I mean? Like if it were a school, that's like the school to go to. It's like the MIT, you know, of audio. Yep, yep. Luckily, they're pretty close by. Next time you're in the area, we should go visit. I know it, man. I wish I had last year. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. Uh, let's see here. What's the next question here? Abe says on a nine point two point six setup with most, mostly more movie use over music. Nine point two point six. Okay, so two subs, six heights. Uh, would one benefit more from Anthem Arc or a Dirac system? I haven't tried. Anthem arc, have you, Tim? No, mm. no. Uh, Aaron, have you? No.
1: <laughs> you don't? You out. have access to that though. I do, but I, I mean, I don't have any speakers
0: right now to okay to use it for. So okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. Uh, I don't think it should matter. At the end of the day, you know, I have to do a little plug for. My magic beans. But as long as you get your target curve correct and your time alignment and your levels all set properly, which you can use our toolkit for. A lot of people have been saying, hey, I've been using the spatial audio calibration toolkit. And man, my system sounds great because the levels are correct and the delays are correct. Like, yeah, that's kind of important. So whether it's movies or music, I never really got that because your system doesn't know whether it's, A movie or music and a lot of movies have music in them so you know if music plays in a movie it should sound good yeah to me if your system is calibrated correctly it should sound great for music and movies right there's no you don't need to switch back and forth between two different profiles yeah i agree what else you want to read this one my voice
2: is getting
1: low. love.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Tim.
2: Sure, yeah. If I plan on using an amp for all 9 or 11 speakers, does it matter if I get a Denon 3800H or a more expensive model?
0: Hmm. What do you think?
1: Yeah, Tim.
2: So using that as a preamp, um, in a sense... Uh, it has the full complement of outs, right?
0: Full complement
2: of what? Eleven outs. Pre-outs. Yeah. Well, then you might not need a
0: more expensive item then. Yeah. So, you're saying if all if if that has enough channels, then you're pretty much good to go.
2: Yeah. If if it has all the the check boxes of features of you know, direct, you know, whatever else he needs or, um,
0: yeah. I'm with Tim on that one. Let's see here. What else we got? Brian, hey, guys, just got some Dynaudio Evoke speakers, but they don't have any elevation Atmos speakers. Any advice on what would be a good match for the Dynaudio? That sounds like he's looking for up-firing ones. Or ceiling, yeah. Or ceiling ones? Yeah. Um, oh man, that's tough. I mean, an exact match would be something from Dyne Audio, right? Yeah, right. For sure.
1: And I don't know that Dyne Audio has a particular sound. I mean, I know they've got the capabilities to do measurements, so whatever it is that they're doing, they can tailor to be exactly what they want it to be every single time. But I don't I don't know if Dyne Audio
0: specifically has a particular sound. So where is, anything where's Dynaudio audio be- from? Like Isn't it Danish? Denmark? Denmark. Mm-hmm. So, so you got to pair them up with what? Some <laughs> Dolly. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so At least keep it in the same country.
2: I don't exactly. know.
0: Exactly. Is yeah. Dolly from there too? Kind of. Possibly. Something with Possibly. some Scanspeak drivers, maybe. Yeah. Scanspeak,
1: Scandinavian Scanspeak. Yes. Let's
0: keep it in the same territory. Something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
0: I, Just don't it match kind of like, with.
1: Uh, yeah, don't match it with something that you know is colored, I think. Try to find something that's neutral, period. Right? I mean, that's what I would say. Regardless yeah. of if it matches
0: or not, I
1: mean, yeah, how, I don't know.
0: How about at least maybe just don't match it with something that has like a horn? You know what I mean? Like something that's yeah. totally obvious. like
1: Something that has a dome tweeter. Yeah, maybe try baffle. to keep
0: the materials the same. Possibly. And that, and that's not perfect either, right? But yeah. if you had to guess, just yeah, just try to do that. Arendel, close to Denmark,
1: yeah. but they use a, a wave guide,
0: So oh yeah. Um, at the end, that's kind of what good EQ should be doing anyway. Good EQ yeah. should be making your speakers sound more similar than different. Um, you know, you just can't change, uh, some of the directivity stuff. Right. And I don't know. I don't know that it, it matters so much for height speakers. You know, it's not as crucial for those. Um, but I think that the Evoke, that's just like a... I think it's a two-way... I think it has like your favorite uh, surface-mounted tweeter, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. <laughs> flush audio. mount or surface mount? Hold on. Dyn Audio. Surely they've got flush mount. I'm pro- I think it's probably flush, but okay otherwise on the level of uh what is that a fire a fire yeah uh, evoke evoke which one did he say evoke It, it just says evoke okay. so yeah it's at least it's here we go got a picture here window where are we? there it is. Yeah, good-looking speakers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what I always like on uh, on Dynaudio how their dust cap has those little like cutouts. Oh yeah, what is that about? Is that a thing? Is that a real thing or just a design? If that's like a pressure
1: release or if that's to cool the voice coil, I'm not really sure what that what their particular purpose
0: is. Okay, it's not going to make any sounds out of that thing, right? It shouldn't. I would hope not. (laughs) Let's, it's a dust cap that lets dust
1: in. That's right. (laughs) No, it's a dust capper, so it caps
0: all the dust. (laughs) All right, all right. So, terrible joke. Hopefully, that that helps a little bit. Probably not. All right, Feli. You guys have any favorite headphone DAC amp combos? Do Do you guys have any favorite? Oh, Yes, twice.
2: Yeah, he he loved it so much. He repeated it.
1: (laughs) Very
0: exciting.
1: Well, you got to give the answer twice. I don't have any headphones other than these. I don't have any headphones other than these. (laughs) 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 You said I got to give the
0: answer twice. (laughs) Oh, man. Got me. Um, Personally,
2: personally, I like the Sure 840s. They're not hi fi, they're not high end, but they are professional. And that's what I use in my life sound mixing when I need uh, just a quick check, channel check on somebody.
0: All right. No, uh, actually, I
1: take that back. I do have these trusty, what are the Sony's MDR? What are these? 7506. 7506 yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're like, what, 90 bucks?
2: Yep.
0: And Those things hurt after a while, no? They're all right.
1: After yeah, I don't wear, wear them for a while. while. They well, hurt. that's why I wear these pretty
0: much all the time now. You know? Uh, headphone DAC amp combo. I don't know. Just get a, get a DAC headphone amp combo that has enough power, right? The only difference I've ever heard is when you're using a device that's so crappy that it doesn't have enough power. Like, yeah, you'll hear a difference in bass, especially if your headphones are hard to drive. Uh, I don't know. Other than that, I wouldn't mess around too much and, like, you know, just get something that measures well. I don't know. And then for headphones... That's gonna make the biggest difference. I like those uh those inexpensive what is, where are these AKG K371s? They're inexpensive and you know they follow the Harman target headphone curve. Mm-hmm. Different than the house curve that I don't recommend people use, but yeah. it does follow the Harman headphone curve, which I think is a good thing for you know if you want something that's pretty accurate. Let's see here. What else? The Reel again. I'm- oh, oh. I'm only asking... I'm asking only while the EQ the sub on the DSP, does Odyssey need to be off? Oh! So, his question earlier about, you know, using the Mini DSP 2x4 HD and Odyssey, he's asking... Basically, when he's taking the measurement, should Odyssey be off? Hmm. When you think about that, it depends. It depends on what you're trying to do. Um, definitely, I would say make sure it doesn't have any EQ on it, you know. So whether it's on and off, if it doesn't have any EQ applied, it shouldn't make too much of a difference. All it'll change is really the level. But yeah, I would just say make sure that there's no EQ on the sub if you're going to start taking measurements. it's kind of makes sense. What else are you guys saying in here? Uh... I don't know.
1: There was a question about your Magic Beans. Oh, yeah, here. And REW.
0: Is this Dr. Roboto? Dr. Roboto again. All right. Joe, will the Magic Beans app make use of other tools like SACT, so that's Spatial Audio Calibration Toolkit, REW? Will it require a calibrated mic? Um... What can I say about it right now? Because I do know the answers to these questions. I'm just not sure what I'm allowed to say. Ah, I guess I'm, I'm the owner. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. I don't know if it's yeah. what, what I should say. Um, so, yes, it can use the spatial audio calibration toolkit, and it actually makes things easier because if you wanted to calibrate your entire system, meaning height speakers then i'm going to need to be able to play test tones through those speakers and a specific set of test tones which are available on the toolkit if you don't have the toolkit then you're going to have to kind of swap out wires you know to find a way to play the you know the noise that we need you know the tones that we need mm-hmm. so uh the toolkit is definitely useful for that REW it's uh it's useful in a sense uh kind of like post post uh magic beans to see if the things that we did the eq that we applied is doing exactly what it's supposed to do and that's something that no automatic eq seems to do right it says you know you take a before measurement it gives you an after prediction but it never never asks you to like you know actually see if it it did it correctly ours doesn't either but that's one way you could use REW is to see, does it follow the target curve that we've set? Also, I like to use it because uh, I find that setting your your subwoofer levels is crucial to making it sound awesome, right? And, you know, now that we're knowing all the weird things that Odyssey can do with the editor app, like sometimes it doesn't do exactly what you want. Uh, Multi-Q X is much better but you want to verify that your subs are in line with your main speakers, right? After you're all done doing this, once you have a target, so we're going to spit out a target curve for your specific room, uh, you can overlay that, right? So you can actually, you know, put that in REW and take a look at it and see, okay, your speakers are, are following this target curve, but then is your sub high enough and level to also meet that target curve. Once you get that set, then yeah, I know you're going to have awesome sound. So, yeah, does it? oh, does it require a calibrated mic? Uh, it says there that we recommend using a calibrated mic just because the mics are just better. But we want people to be able to use any mic, even your phone mic. Right. The only problem with the phone is, well, The response on these is not good but we have workarounds for that that uh, I'm very proud of that you can use a horrible mic like this Uh, the problem is that you know you have to be careful to not clip these mics the main thing about these is they're really bad when it comes to like high SPL stuff so you know our app doesn't test to see if like you know you're clipping but you should be able to tell because we're offering like a live trace there Shows you so if you see that thing just flattening out, probably clipping. But yeah, uh yeah, we wanted to work with various various mics, and it does. All right, what else we got? Ronster, who likes mon- Monolith versus Dayton eighteen Ultimate, which is best? DIY GSG Audio. Full Marty. So, what's with everybody spelling today? Is it just, is it, is it my, my COVID or is everything? I think like, it is. Like, I think it's your COVID. Yeah. Which yep. is the yep. best. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Everything else is spelled right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, just kidding. So, what's Moliath? Is it yep.
2: Goliath Mono, and right? Monolith? Yeah.
1: It's a slow, as slow as Molasses Monolith. Uh huh. <laughs> you right. see, my
2: Monolith got a slow bass.
1: It's heavy. Oh.
0: it's oh. it's dry base. Oh. <laughs> you got the. You haven't set yours up yet, huh? The, they're plugged in.
2: That's about all I oh can Oh my say.
1: god, you and you have no excuse. You give me all the grief in the world for stuff that I haven't done yet, and look at you. You have no excuse. I don't want to hear it from you. Not a single word. You get off your computer right now and go. <laughs> at least connect an RCA to them, even if it's not. Connected no, no, no. To the no other they're, end. they're
2: plugged in. They're plugged in. They're plugged in. They're plugged in.
1: Plugged it like the power and the RCA is plugged in. Yeah,
2: XLR technically.
1: Okay, so XLR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And no signals uh, they, going to it. They're producing sound. Yes, they are. Okay, all right. Okay. But I
2: haven't. I haven't done Dirac. I haven't done Magic Beans. I haven't done
1: all the other stuff that I could do. Oh, you might as well be running old Dolby PL2, man.
2: Yeah, it's it's running the EQ from the old SVS uh, PB2000 oh, no. Pro. So it's it's all wrong. I mean,
1: no. Yes, <laughs> Joe. I think we're going to find a different editor. Oh, you have, he hasn't even oh, hooked them up.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to answer his question, what
1: what's I mean, gosh, who yeah. knows, man? I mean, it it depends on application, and and frankly, dude, I haven't paid attention to DIY subs in forever. I mean, I built mine. For my old theater, I used um, 18 inch, two 18 inch stereo integrities built in four cubic foot enclosures tuned down to 18 hertz. And the <laughs> knockdown kits came from DIY Sound Group. So that's where a lot of DIY people know DIY Sound Group. Um, but man, I haven't paid attention to like the full Marnie's and the mini Marty's. Now I got a friend who lives up in Indiana who has uh, a pair of the full Marty's, and he says those things will like blow your head off. So that's kind of cool. But I can't personally speak to any kind of comparisons as to what's better. I mean, if you want to build some full Martys, go for it, dude.
0: Go for They're it. They're freaking huge, right? They're freaking huge. Like, ridiculous. Like, ridiculous yeah. huge. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't... Unless the theater's huge, I don't, I don't really get the... I don't really get the huge sub thing.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I, it's tough. I agree with you, man. I mean, if you're gonna, I could see maybe having like one or two, 18s or something like that, and I think it might be better to do that and then mix in some 12s like interspersed throughout the room to help smooth the response down. I mean, that's like, just a uh, personal opinion of mine, right? But
0: kind of seen, you that seen as those mid base monitors. I know that's a little side topic. But yeah, mid base modules. That's another modules DIY sound look. group thing. Yeah, I was like mbm like somebody was talking about mbm something like what? yeah now we're doing what what are we doing now we're it's, using specific like drivers just for that chest slam and then yeah. they had the they have the picture of that robot that i like alarms going off in my head like ah, that's bs you know which one i'm talking about uh well i mean it's i'm like aware a, of
1: the mid-base where, modules i've got friends who have built them
0: well they but. okay this is a side thing I'll, I'll get to that in a second but basically okay. uh to answer the question, I think a lot of these subs nowadays are all very capable. You know, it's like you can't really go right. wrong with any of them. Uh, but the same thing, you know, physics applies, right? So if you use, right. if you make a box that's huge, it's probably going to have more output capability, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no replacement for displacement. They always say that, right? That's so if you get something with a huge cone, you're in a, using a huge enclo- enclosure, throwing a ton of power at it it's probably going to be ridiculous, right? Do you need it? I don't know. Is it going to make you happy? Maybe. <laughs> so those are all things that that you should take into consideration. right? I can't tell you. Do you want to spend the extra time making it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to make it look nice is another thing. right? So is it going to be hidden away? Uh, realistically, though, when it comes to the actual performance, I couldn't imagine anybody being unhappy with a lot of the the current offerings out right now. You know. Unless it has, like, you know, the same type of woofer as that JBL that you had.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you try to use it as a subwoofer.
0: (laughs) No excursion ones. That's your fault. Right. (laughs) Like, if somebody were to do that, that's their fault. They didn't read the manual. You know what I would actually, I was thinking of that I would be interested in doing, and I don't know why people don't really do this so much. Maybe they do, but you know, I'm an old school JL Audio fan, right? Just because that's what I had in high school, right? Had three W sixes in my car, and I was thinking, like, can't I just get three W sixes and like make an enclosure, and it would come out to what four ohms, and then power that with a, a crazy, uh I don't know, yeah, whatever, like crown like a app. crown
1: amp or a Behringer or something, yeah, you know, something like a it Pro Audio
0: amp, DSP it. Yeah. And be like, damn, I got some. I got a set of three right here in one corner. Yeah, boom. So a set of three. Is that not going to sound good? That's, I mean, that's the
1: same thing as like going to parts express and finding subwoofers that you want to buy and then just building your own
0: enclosure for them and mm-hmm. calling it a day. It just seems like some of these car audio subs just look ridiculous. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like the, the home theater ones don't look like they're anywhere even close to this level of like, yeah. That is what true. Is going man. on type of deal.
1: A lot of the car audio ones are just meant to, to beat up, right? Like they're they're meant to avoid having to come back under warranty. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, are they only? Are they like one one note wonders though? A lot no. of those or are they? just I mean, A for lot SPO? of them are good.
1: It's the same it's the same thing that holds true with home audio. You just got to build the right enclosure for it. But they just have significant throw. I mean, I, most of the ones that I've Seen that are really good at high SPL just have low sensitivity, so you've got to dump a lot of power into them,
0: okay. And you can always just kind of like use some EQ, yeah, or use some sundown, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you know, it's those are audio. ones like I can see why people say, mm, you know, slow bass. I can see why somebody would say that because when they when I look at some of these subs, they just look like it's hard to move that cone, like it, yeah. the, I think this looks hard, <laughs> right. Um, versus you know what's crazy the old JL's though they didn't look like that right they looked more like a normal yeah. sub the surround wasn't ridiculous on them it looked pretty lightweight but the magnet structure was like pretty huge back in the day well like some of these guys that are
1: running near field subwoofers for their home theater setups the one thing that I keep thinking would be a good use for them would be the shallow subwoofers for the car audio market You know, because a lot of car audio subwoofers, they have to use shallow subs because they don't want them to take up a lot of room or they put them underneath the seat or, you know, behind the wall in their extended cab truck or something like that. Right. So I thought, I'm surprised I don't see more slim subwoofers from the car audio side of things used as near-filled
0: subwoofers in home audio. Hmm. I wonder if it has to do with what I was asking you about earlier, where it's like, seems like the chase for 20 hertz in home audio is way more than what i hear from car audio guys where if i look at this the tuning for most of the subs it's like they're usually aiming for like 30 32 yeah. hertz right you know and it's like 32 like, typical right yeah the rest right right and you kind of explained you know why don't you explain what you explained cabin game car audio has benefits a lot
1: from cabin game, a lot more than a home because it's such a smaller environment, you know, like a car is so much smaller in cubic feet compared to a typical room. Um, you get a lot of free base out of it. And usually you start getting a gain of around like 70 or 80 Hertz. And from there, it'll start increasing at about 12 dB per octave. So, you know, it just, and it kind of depends, right. Where you put the subwoofer, it's the same thing as a room. There's going to be modes and things like that, but mm. You still get a lot of free lunch in car audio you can build an enclosure to be rolled off at 50 hertz and still get down to 30
0: hertz in a car without much much issue now why is it that when I used videos. to have these crazy subs right in the car why was it that i i had like better base if i rolled the windows down did i ask that before
1: you increase the size of the enclosure yeah, is that think, really what it is? Did I? I mean, some of it, I think, like you can crack open the door. I used to play around with this stuff, and I can't remember <laughs> any of the results. But I used to play around with, like, well, what happens if you just like crack open the door? You're like, don't close it all the way; just leave it like semi-sealed, and um... you can see differences. And then if you, um, you know, move the subwoofer from the front of the trunk to the rear of the trunk on the side or this side, you know, move it around and things like that,
0: you can definitely see differences. I thought it was acting as like a port or something like. Like I mean, it could be.
1: It's it's like it's like it's an enclosure inside an enclosure, right? Yeah. Like it's the same thing as if you go and open up the door to your room when you're listening to whatever it is in your home theater. And you're going to change the overall size of the room. Hmm. So I don't know exactly what that's going to do. It would depend on location, right? But it will definitely change.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because it kind of felt like like it the spaces didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, and when you open the window, it let it lets it go out. So that means it gets through, like it actually is able to pass through, and yeah. that kind of goes back to what the guy was asking about earlier. If like if he switched the polarity, because that's the idea behind uh, some of this new stuff that I've seen with the double bass arrays. Yeah, where you know the sound comes in, and then the other one's almost like cancel it. Yeah, like the for- are you talking about like the force canceling subwoofer enclosures? You talking about something else? No. It's kind of... It's double bass array, I think, is what it's called, where basically they have, like, two subs in the front, two or four subs is what I've seen. I've seen two. uh, I think they have them spaced at a a quarter of the way in for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. And then they have the same thing in the rear, right? Same setup. And somehow it's kind of like... uh, It's allowing the entire wave to pass through by, like, canceling it when it gets to the back. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of, like, it hits the back and then you're going to get a cancellation off of it coming back. Yeah, off okay. All the all the walls. Something like that. I haven't looked into it, so I can't pretend, like, I, I know what I'm saying. Anyway. That's good enough for me. What, uh... 876 Oprah Winfrey... Guys, what are your thoughts on pairing a small sub with a bigger sub, say a 12 and a 15? Okay. I mean, like anything else, it just,
1: it depends, right? Like that's the unfortunate thing about all this stuff is we can theorize what's going to happen, but it's going to depend on what the subs are, where you put them in the room, the enclosure design, all of that stuff matters. Um. But I mean, if somebody's saying, would you do it? Sure, if I had a need, like <sighs> space were a, were a concern, right? I couldn't fit another pair of 15s, but I could fit some 12s in there. Sure, if if my goal was to do something specific and those 12s did it, right? They're not going to get as low as the 15s, but you may not need them to. You may not have the kind of modal issues you do at the very lowest of frequencies. Like Let's just say, for example, below 30 hertz. Whereas maybe 30 to 80 hertz, you've got some modal issues that your front two solifers alone, your front 215 alone are causing, right? But now you need some way to kind of offset that, to smooth out the response. And you're thinking, man, I can't afford another set of 15s or I don't have space for another set of 15s. Could I use 12s? Yes, you can. Just like anything else, it's going to come down to placement. It's going to come down to overall tuning. But theoretically, there's no reason at all why you couldn't use another set of subwoofers that are not the same size, as long as you understand why
0: you're trying to use them and the limitations of those subwoofers. Yeah. Um, Let me just think practical in a practical sense. I think if you're using a mini DSP, it shouldn't be a problem, especially if you're EQing each one individually. I think the only issue you may have is if like they're in the same, let's say in the same, like ones in the left corner and the other ones on the right corner, and if the 12, let's say, is less capable and you're kind of treating them as if they're the same, well, you may find that the 12 is going to, you know, going to give out earlier right. than the 15. But you should really account for those things, right? Right. That should be what you know. You should know that going into it. Like, let's say that
1: the, let's say that you have two subwoofers that are identical, except one's smaller. Right. Then the idea is probably with the smaller one, you're not going to have the low end capability. So let's say instead of rolling off at twenty hertz, let's say the fifteen rolls off at twenty hertz and it's in a sealed enclosure at twelve dB per octave, and the the twelve inch rolls off at thirty hertz at twelve dB per octave. You're just not going to have the same reinforcement below thirty hertz because they're different sizes. I mean that's that's the most simplest way you could look at it.
0: But then if you have that twelve, let's say near field, and you have it right, if it's close to you, now it doesn't have to play as as loud as that fifteen that's all the right. way across the room because it's right next to you. So these, this is what Aaron's saying is like. It really depends. Like, it really does. There's, yeah. there's so
1: much gray area in this hobby. I mean, th- there really is. It's, it's kind of like a pet peeve of mine. Just to get a little bit OT is, yeah. When questions like this are asked and people give a definitive answer, that mm-hmm. person probably has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, uh, if they give just a, like a one size fits all stick it in a shoebox and put it in the closet kind of answer. They probably don't really know what they're talking about uh, because yeah. this, this stuff is, it can get very complicated, right? And you really have to look at it in piece parts and kind of go down the rabbit hole that way.
0: Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's and, and not I hope, side rant. I hope people who watch this see that we're, you know, questioning certain things. It's not that we're not confident in what we're saying. I don't want people to think about it like that. Cause right. I see other, you know, reviewers in different spaces where they're so definitive, right? Every answer is like, as if like, for sure, this is the answer, right? And the problem is it might not be the correct answer in every single situation. They just wanted to come out, come off authoritative. And I don't care to be like that. I would rather find you the right answer for you, right? And kind of tell you when it wouldn't work and when it would work, you know? So hopefully it comes off like that. Um, I guess the only thing that I would look out for is, you know, when they say like mixing sealed and ported, just because the phase shift, phase shift that happens at the port tuning, um, it would be something that you'd have to be, you know, you'd have to be careful of, right? Just because you're going to want to EQ them in a way where you don't, where you kind of take into account that interference that could happen. Where the opportunity for
1: is. me, the question would be, Why would you want two different subs? Like, why would you just not go ahead and get the same subs? That's that's the question that I have when, when these kind of questions come up, you know. Like, yeah. So, I, I just other than the example like I gave where maybe you don't have the budget or you don't have the space for something else, you know, like, why not just go ahead and get two of the same thing? And then you don't have to worry if it's a concern of yours,
0: you don't have to worry about it, yeah. it's off your brain. Uh, what else? What other ones we got here? Um, We'll take a few more. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to pick from these. Any of them you find interesting there? And then we'll pop into the after show after this. I will. Uh, uh
1: Don't see any in particular for me. Um,
0: here, I- you know, also- just, How about we'll just run through them real fast then? How about that one? I feel you could probably answer that one. No, nothing. Any recommendations for the smallest speaker you feel comfortable using for an Atmos speaker? It would end up being down on wall and angled down. Should I sound definitive and authoritative? (laughs) Six inch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Six inch concentric. Done. No. Um, It depends on the size of the room, right? Depends on how far you are from that speaker and depends on how loud you expect to listen right uh these height speakers are capable of playing full range content right so if you had a full range speaker up there there it's possible to play something in there that's 20 hertz is it likely that that's what people are doing probably not even if they did that's what base management is for right so yeah i i like uh you know, I like the Monolith THX compact satellites, and these are four and a half inch drivers, right? In my twenty by twenty by nine uh, theater, that's fine. Like I've never heard those like make any bad sounds, right? And I've turned off my subs, I've turned on all, the, turned off all the other speakers, and I've played test tones and I played it loud, louder than I'd normally listen, and I was looking out to hear if, uh, you know. I was causing them to distort and I didn't have that issue because they're crossed over at 80 Hertz and that's act. It's actually uh, in a space that's larger than what they would recommend, but that works for me. Right. So I would say it all comes down to what the size of your room is probably one of the main things and how far you are from the speaker. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, without knowing those things, I can't tell you exactly, right? If you tell me you have a a theater that's the size of an actual theater, then maybe not use the four and a half inch, you know? Maybe that's not <laughs> such a great idea. You tell me not. it's in your bedroom. Yeah. Get the four and a half inch ones all day. Um, so, yeah. That's that. What that's else we bad. got here? Run through these real quick uh somebody's asking about the emotiva base base x a3 i've never heard one never used it i heard i hear a lot of good things but uh they never send me stuff so i don't know
1: i don't know yeah i can't really comment on that particular either yeah
0: um how about this one can you run full stereo sound on both towers and two subs on mini dsp 2x4 Full, well, i got to read this. And you mm-hmm. run full stereo sound on both towers and two subs on mini DSP 2x4, or do I need to buy one for sub and one for towers? Um, well, okay, so the 2x4... Yeah. Well, go ahead, Tim.
2: Yeah, I think he's just, just running towers and two subs, so yes, it would work, right? Because you're just using the 2x4 as a crossover between the two and EQ.
0: Yeah. So the limitation is the two inputs, right? Yep. So that's left and right. Yep. And yeah, and then you have four outputs. So two towers, and two subs. Yeah. I yeah, think that's, that's what he's it. asking. Yeah. yeah. I think you should be fine. Um, I'm just trying to remember if you can, you can't. Well, yeah, you can route stuff on the two by four HD. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm just wondering if it's it gonna is it gonna work like a like the sub has to be the left sub and the right sub, but yeah, overall, just generally speaking, yes, you can do that.
2: I think you do it. it yeah, it would have to be left and right because you're just like I say, just crossing over left channel and right channel, and
0: mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, well, you, I guess for the subs, you can make it play mono left and right content. Can you? Yeah, and the 2x4 HD okay. there's there an option go. where you you can set um let's say the channel, channel 3 right. and 4, right? Channel 3 you can sell it to pull from uh you know, input Part 1 or input 1 and input 2. So, I didn't know you can do that. All right. Uh let's take this is the last one let's see here. This is, Oh, same thing kind of About the A3, he has an Outlaw 5000X. I think that's probably the same, very similar to the OSD one. They did not want me to say that for some reason, but I think (laughs) it's the same, right? I don't know, but from what I've seen as as far as the internals, they look very similar. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. Running my front stage beautifully for my 3800H, okay? The A3 has considerably more power, so should be set with that. Okay, so this is just a, in response to yep. uh, to Marv. Very cool. Let's see here. Uh, quick plugs for our audio-only version of the podcast, anchor.fm forward slash daily hi-fi. Tim, you make yep. sure to put this They go up
2: on Wednesday, just so everybody knows.
0: On Wednesday, so make Wednesday sure to morning. check those out. Yep. Um, what else? Uh, our after show, so if you want to support this podcast that we do every monday we just do this for fun as you can tell you know we're just here to kind of like get together answer some questions it's part of my monday routine to make sure that i'm on track yeah so you guys help me out too Y'all gotta keep joe on track yep otherwise i'm all over the place but yeah if you want to support uh it definitely helps go to patreon.com forward slash daily hi-fi we have an after show and uh it supports everything that we do you know tim he does all the editing he does an awesome job on that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys are also having a good time, you know, listen. So that's it. I have to go pee because I've been drinking all kinds of stuff to stay hydrated. Ooh, Gatorade.
1: Gatorade.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I'll see you guys in the after show. All right. See later. All right. See ya. Peace out.